Friday, we had a service much like this one. Three churches came together, and it wasn't quite as many people, but it was very awesome. The service was great. The worship was great, and the study of Jesus was great. We talked about his trip to the cross, the Lord's Supper. We had communion. We talked about his prayers in the garden as he started this journey of death, yet a journey of life for us. The trial, we went through the how it shouldn't have been. We talked about the crucifixion and the burial. And I left you with, you have to come back today to hear the rest of the story, the part of the miracle. And that is that the tomb is empty. As those children said, the tomb is empty and he is risen. And that's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to talk to you just a little bit real quickly about Mary as she went to the tomb. The first to go to the tomb, the first to hear from the Lord. In Matthew chapter 27, I'm just going to read it. Uh, we'll get to my passage a little bit more in just a minute. But in Matthew chapter 27, it says, And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the grave. Now on the next day and the day after the preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we recommend that when he was still alive, I'm sorry, was, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, they called our Jesus the deceiver. That's irony. That's the pot calling the kettle black. That's, that's the way the devil works, isn't it? After three days, I am to rise again. That's what Jesus said. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until that third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away. See, the world was preparing already for the power of God. They know the power of our risen Lord. But they want to squash the story they want to squash the truth of Jesus Christ. They want to squash his power. And the world is still doing that today. But there are a few of us who will seek Jesus no matter what. And that's what Mary Magdalene was doing. She was going to the grave. The world put a stone in front of it. Mary didn't care. She was going to go find her Lord. And that's what we need to do. Because the world's going to put stones up in front of us. And we need to go find our Lord. But the Lord says those who seek will find. So Mary went to seek. So the empty tomb. Pick up in John 20. says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb. How did she seek the Lord? Early. We can do that today. We can get up out of bed, uh-oh, early, <laughs> early, and seek the Lord. So Mary got up early and went to the tomb while it was still dark, oh mercy, and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. 
So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved. I love that. Whom Jesus loved. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. They have taken him out of the tomb. Did they take him out of the tomb? No, he took himself out of the tomb. So over in John chapter 20, it says, For as, they, for as yet they did not understand the scripture. That is a sad statement right there. For as yet they did not understand the scripture. That he must rise again from the dead. That is the fundamental belief system of what we as Christians believe. That he died and defeated death. In defeating death, he defeated sin. And in defeating sin, he can do that for us. And we can live eternally with him in heaven. And that's what Mary was seeking. But that statement gives me pause. For the people closest to him, the people who were always around him, for as they did not yet understand the scripture. So can that apply today? Do we not yet understand the scripture? Do we not yet understand the power, the providence, the provision, the gift, the grace, the love of Jesus Christ? I don't think we do. Because I think if we did, we wouldn't be able to sit and say nothing about our Savior. We wouldn't be able to go to work and be told by the man that we can't speak about Jesus Christ in our workplace, in our schools, in our government. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to rise up early and go in the dark and seek him. And when we find him, we need to tell about him. And when she saw he wasn't there, she ran back to the others worried. And we need not worry about our Lord. He provides the way. He is the way. Mark tells us in 16.9, now after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary. And I thought, wow, what an honor to first, to be the first to see Jesus when he raised himself from the dead, when he defeated Satan and death, when he defeated division, the first one he appeared to was Mary. And I thought, why? Why was she so special? Why not his disciples? Why not some influential king? Why not I don't know. Why not somebody else? And the answer came. She got up early. She sought me. We need to seek the Lord. If we seek the Lord, he will reveal himself to us. The end. That is it. It's, 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 the question should be, why didn't other disciples get up first and beat her there? The problem or... or, or it's not that she was any better than anybody else. It was that she wanted the Lord more than everybody else. How much do you want the Lord? How much do you want the Lord? How much do you want to see him? How much do you want to know him? We say we want him. We say we want his grace. 
We say we want his forgiveness and we get it and we have a savior, not a Lord. She wanted a Lord. She had him as savior and she went to anoint his body and she wanted to be with him. What is being with him? What is providing for him? What is serving him? That is relationship. And that's what Jesus Christ wants with you. He wants a relationship, but you have to seek him. It says that he was up early and gone before she got there. He's already ready for you. You need to seek him. Continuing in John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary was standing outside the tomb, weeping. (laughs) Weeping. Weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. Don't let the world take away your Lord. He, no one's going to take away your Lord. Once you're in his hand, nothing can remove you. She was mistaken. She had been believing the, Lord, the world that that he wasn't what he said he was. She was weeping. Because they had taken away my Lord because she didn't quite understand the scriptures, but she's about to. And I do not know where, he have, where they have laid him. I don't know where they've laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. Wait a minute, she didn't recognize him. And did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener. Supposing him to be a gardener. How often our Lord appears humble and meek. How often we turn away the humble and meek. But our Lord, that's the way he appears. We don't want to turn him away. We need to welcome all. We need to be the Lord to all who seek. Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. He knew her name. He Knows her. He had relation with her. She did not know him. But when he said her name, when he called her name, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. When he said her name, has he called your name? Have you sought him? If you seek him, he will call your name. Jim, Bill, Susie, Brad, Sharon, Emily, Megan, Chuck. Whatever your name, fill in the blank. He knows your name. He created you special. And he created her special and she sought him. She got up early and went to find him. To care for him. He called her name. First though she wept. She looked for him and she wept. She was confused. She thought the world had taken him. 
Do we ever feel separated from God? Do we ever feel like the world has taken God? How does he take God from us? Well, first, we sin and we allow it. Second, we get too busy at work and we don't have time to read the word. We don't have time for Bible study. We don't have time for discipleship. We don't have time to do what Mary did. What did Mary do? Seek. She sought. She followed after. She got up early. She denied herself. She denied her body. She denied her sleep to go and find the Lord. But then she wept. And I think all too often we weep because we don't have maybe what somebody else, as we look at them, has in Jesus Christ. We can all have Jesus Christ. There's enough of him to go around. That's why he left in that body and left his Holy Spirit so that each one of us could have him at every moment of every day. Have perfect communion with him all the time. We could be with him like Mary wanted to be. She wept. She's distressed. She's separated. Do you feel distressed or separated from God right now? There's no reason. You just need to seek him. Third, when we are seeking him, nothing else will do. When she went to the tomb and she wept and she looked down, she stooped down, she looked inside, what did she see? Two angels, one sitting at the head, one sitting at the foot. Two angels. She was seeking him. She found something angelic. Angels are good, yeah. That's pretty cool. I'd be like, hey, there's two. And they're all dressed and magnificent and glowing and light. I love the light. The light's a good thing. But it ain't Jesus. And she knew it wasn't Jesus. When you look for Jesus, nothing else will do. And in the world, we look for something to fill that hole in our heart. We are made to have a relationship with him. When we're made and we're born and we start our walk through the world and we're not seeking him, we seek everything to fill that hunger, that desire that calls us towards God. We fill it with cigarettes, we fill it with pornography, we fill it with money, we fill it with job, we fill it with position, we fill it with title, and none of it makes us feel good. It goes back to the second point where we're weeping because we're separated. We just can't figure it out. Mary figured it out when God called her name. Jesus has already called your name. Have you figured it out? Just respond to him. Just seek him. Just put all this world stuff away. Don't worry about what that person next to you thinks about you. Worry about what Jesus thinks about you. And he loves you. He created you. He wants you to seek him. And she sought him. And he wasn't there. Did she give up? Nope. She kept going. And he asked her two questions. Why do you seek why do you weep? We weep because we don't have him. And then we weep because we do have him. Once you understand that joy, you'll weep with it. That you have it and others don't. And when you find out who don't have it, pray for them.
weep for them. But above all, go to them and teach them how to seek him as Mary did. And then he asked her, why do you seek? And I'll close with this. Why do you seek? That's a good question. Why do you seek? Because it's inside of us to do it. And we let the world tell us that he's not real. And we let the world tell us that he's not there. And we let music and TV and our natural sin nature to push us away from God and we don't feel him anymore. We don't hear him anymore and we don't see him anymore. But that's because we don't seek him. Mary sought the Father on this day of glory. And she found his body not there, but that he was risen. And he was risen for you. And we're going to continue talking about that. But I want to impress upon you to seek him. As we go into some prayer and some worship, and then through the rest of the pastors, seek Jesus with them. Amen. Amen. He is risen! Yeah, that's right. Now, now you can take your seats. Give the Lord a great hand of praise right there. Brad, I just feel like you tagged me, and I feel like you tagged me, and it's my turn, you guys. I get, bam, that's what I'm talking about. Listen, if you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. This is my favorite, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Uh, I'm going to read some of it. I'm going to expound on some of it. Uh, I don't, you know, if, many of you have never heard me preach. I, I'd say it like this. I like to contextualize things uh, in the way that we live, in the way that we would see it today. If this story was lived out, if this, if this description of what happened was lived out for us today, this is how I believe it would feel. So this is, again, one of my most favorite passages of Scripture. It's about the two men on the road to Emmaus. I've taken for a topic today, our subject, don't miss Jesus, he's nearer than you think. Everybody say, don't miss Jesus, he's nearer than you think. So you have these two guys, they're on the road to Emmaus. They're on their way back from Jerusalem after the festivities of the weekend, it, Passover weekend, it just happened. Jesus had been crucified. It's a seven-mile journey from Emmaus to Jerusalem, and they're walking, the two of them having a conversation. And Scripture says that this man walks up to them, and he asks them, what are you talking about? Everybody say, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. You see, they don't have a clue that this is Jesus. Here's a lesson in that. We don't know who God will send our way to speak to us. The scripture tells us, be careful how we entertain strangers, for some of us could be entertaining angels unaware. So these, and listen, I'd, I'd venture to say this. There, there are many of us that if we were having a conversation with our friend at Walmart, and we were talking about someone or something, something, someone. Mm -hmm. We were talking about something, and someone came up to us and nestled up against us and said, what are you talking about? We would look at them and say, what are you talking about? Why are you in my conversation? But Jesus walks up to them and he asks them, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, a guy named, and a guy named Cleophas 
says, the scripture says they stopped. They were walking and they stopped. And they looked sad. And Cleophas said, where have you been? Are you not from Jerusalem? Don't you know all the things that happened this weekend? And I love Jesus, man. I love how Jesus just kind of just goes along with the flow. He says, uh, what things are you talking about, Cleo? <laughs> what you talking about, man? And then he goes on to say, he says, listen, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, verse 20, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Everybody say, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. He said, we, we, we were looking for Jesus, you know, and, 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 and we haven't seen him. Seeing is believing. But my Bible tells me that we're supposed to walk by faith. Go on and preach it then. Sometimes we have to have faith, y'all. So, 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 so the story continues. And they said, and yes, besides this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. In other words, they said, Jesus, Jesus was supposed to arise from the grave on the third day, and we haven't seen him yet. We, don't, we haven't seen him with our eyes, and so we don't know whether or not to believe it. Now, we've heard some stories. Brad was talking about it. You know, there were, there were some women that went down to the tomb and, and, and they were met by a couple of angels and, and, and they, they, said, they said that Jesus had, had arisen from the dead. He's alive, but we haven't seen him. Said, and, so, and then we sent a cohort of people that were part of our group. They went down there and they found things just as the women said that it would be. But we haven't seen him. <laughs> Ooh, man. Don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus says. He says, oh, foolish ones, slow to heart, slow to believe all the prophets, what they have spoken. And then listen to this. He says, is it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then listen to what Jesus does. He takes him all the way back to the beginning of the law and Moses. And then he lays out for them the prophets and what the prophets have said. I would imagine, I would imagine Jesus might have used Psalm 16. Where, where the scripture says, you will not allow my soul to be uh, left in Sheol. You won't abandon me there. Nor will you allow your Holy One to be condemned. Or maybe Jesus quoted from Psalms 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Or perhaps, or perhaps Jesus quoted from Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his stripes, we don't know what Jesus quoted, but, but he quoted the scripture. And then their hearts were so full, the scripture says, that, that they were walking with him. Who is this guy? Who is this man? And then scripture says Jesus would have, he was acting as if he was just going to walk on by. See, I believe this is how Jesus walked like this. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I believe if Jesus was, was living today, he probably walked like that, right? So, so scripture said he, he, he act like he was going to walk on by and those cats said, hey, ho, ho, whoa, whoa, man, where you going, dude? Listen, it's late. They started making excuses. It's late. Why don't you come stay with us tonight? You know, we want to hear more of what you have to say. And they invited Jesus into their house. Man, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Everybody say, don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. So they sit down to eat at the table. And they bring the bread to Jesus, and, and Jesus takes the loaf of bread after he blessed it. He takes the loaf of bread and he breaks it. And their eyes come open. And he disappears out of their sight. Listen, listen, a simple act of breaking bread. You know, I tell my church family all the time, sometimes we miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. A simple act of breaking bread. Sometimes we miss Jesus because we're looking for him to descend down like Cal el You know, and, and suspend in the air and suspend in animation like this. No, 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 no. Listen, something really, really simple, like breaking of the bread, and they saw him. They recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. Scripture said they stood up, they stood up, oh, did you see, did not our hearts burn within as he spoke to us, by the way? And then they ran back to Jerusalem, seven miles. They ran, got there, and heard the other 11 disciples proclaiming that Jesus was alive. Now what's the point? Everybody say, don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. We can miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular, but sometimes it's the small things. If we look for them, we'll see Jesus in them. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're one here and you've been praying that your spouse come to church with you. And today is the first time they came to church with you. Don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. Listen, maybe you've been praying for your wayward teenage daughter or teenage son. And they, they, you know, they're just rebelling against you. But last week, you noticed that they cleaned their room unprompted. You noticed that they washed the dishes unprompted or took out the trash unprompted. Don't miss Jesus. He's nearer than you think. Or maybe, or maybe, maybe. You walked into here today and your heart was heavy. Maybe the world, the cares of the world have caused you to become callous and, and you can't feel things anymore. But something about this service today caused your heart to become emotionally stirred. Don't you think, don't you think for a second that's by accident. Don't miss what God is trying to do in you today. Don't miss Jesus. He is nearer than you think. Man, amen. You see, I got put on punishment. They said... Bishop, you need a microphone. <laughs> I ain't mad at them. I'm too unworthy to follow those two that went before me. But Pastor Brad told you on Friday, those that were here, 
that Sunday would be the day. We lost out Friday to Batman. They're looking for an award. We're looking to give Jesus honor and glory. I'm going to be coming from Luke chapter 24. Amen. And I'm just going to read one verse there. And then the message will take care of the rest. And I'm going to go one verse further than is on the screen. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. I don't know about you, but it looked like as Jesus was speaking, he took them to church. He had to teach first, and then he began, amen, to preach. Amen? And what happens is, is that a lot of times we are trying to teach and preach to people who haven't taken the time to find Jesus or to seek Jesus, amen, for themselves. And so we will have to, we will have to do things differently and work harder than we should work. And I'm going to give you an example this morning for a subject title, Mirror Image. And on Friday, they were told the reflection before the resurrection. But mirror image. And like most of us, we use words that we think we know, but do we really know? Amen? So we'll make it simple. We'll use the word mirror. And I had to go to the dictionary, even myself. And it reads like this. Mirror, a reflecting surface. Mirror image is an image of an object as it would appear if viewed in a mirror. An object having a spectral arrangement corresponding to another object except that the right to the left sense on the one object corresponds to the left to right sense on the other. But now let's go to what it says in Luke 24. And it talks about something like this. Jesus appeared to them invisible. They thought him to be a ghost. But those that know Jesus knows he shows up in different forms. If you know Jesus, you ought not be surprised when he shows up. When you get real good at it, you will begin to bring Jesus along with you. You might start by going to the mirror in the morning which has no reflection, which has no object, tell you the object shows up. And when you look into the mirror, you should become more and more like Christ. Who are you looking for? Seek and you'll find. But, but he's dealing with the group that was supposed to know him the best, and he worked the hardest. It's me. 
It's your boy, Jesus. <laughs> Same Jesus that they had already seen in his birthday suit. And he bent over and washed their feet. But they didn't get the message because we never saw where it was written where they ever washed each other's feet or somebody else's feet. Amen? But the invisible Jesus had to convince those disciples, work the hardest with the disciples. He starts it out with, peace be with you. I hear you, but I come from that place. You got to show me. I got to know that it's you. He said, this is what I told you. This is what I told you. This is what I told you. Not only did I tell you, I taught you. In the law of Moses, I taught you in the prophets. Brother, you did it the way it should be done. I taught you in the Psalms. But he was teaching and preaching the whole Bible all the time in all places because we have to be reminded over and over and over again. Jesus asked the question, why you troubled? Why you doubt? Did you really think I wasn't getting up? We're the kind of people you got to show us, and then we still won't believe. If Jesus has never done anything for you, don't seek him. Mary, if Jesus hasn't done anything for you, there's no reason to go and look for Jesus. They're still not convinced. He's still invisible. It says, can a ghost appear to you with skin. Can the ghost have bones? So you got to talk. Now I say, I got to show you my hands. I got to show you my feet. Jesus, it ain't enough. Jesus, everybody can, everybody, if somebody got the ham on right now. All of us can relate to Jesus when he says, can I get something to eat? <laughs> You're still not convinced. I'm going to show you. He ate the fish, swallowed. Had Jesus done it right, he'd asked for a little water and wine to wash it down with. But look what happens after. He said, all this, all this, all this, all this, all these four churches, all these four ministers, all these four first ladies, everything is working together for his glory. Everything is working so that it would be fulfilled exactly how he said it would. Evidence, evidence, evidence. We're still looking for evidence, evidence, evidence. How long are we going to keep looking for evidence when the evidence is right here with you? Right now.
I'm going to close it this way. I call it the seven wills. He said, I will rise. I will suffer. They will declare me dead. I will get up on the third day. When I get up on the third day, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and I'm going to send back my father's promises to you. Oh, but we miss it. He's going to send back the promises of his father and we're going to instantly have what? We're going to have forgiveness. Something that you can hold on to. We're going to have forgiveness. We're going to have a Savior that we can hold on to, that we can rely upon. Amen? We will have repentance. Oh, watch this. I, I, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this. They nailed him to the cross. They put the thorn on his head. Somebody jabbed him inside. They gave him a little taste. Do you realize when he sent back the promises of his father, it included both thieves on the cross? It included all those that hurt him on the cross? All those that were with him that denied him on the cross? The one who betrayed him? The ones who denied him? We keep looking at what's done for Jew and Gentile. We keep looking for us and us alone that say we believe that we have to be convinced the most. When I begin to see myself as a mere image, I begin to do things just like Christ. I begin to awe and amaze not myself, but you. While I was yet a sinner, he chose me. He took me as I was. That's the beauty of Easter. Immediately, I was forgiven. Immediately, I had repentance. Immediately, I had salvation. Immediately, I had a place to go to after I left this place. The difference was it was going to be eternal. I was going to be invisible. We always sing. The songwriter sings it this way. I want to be just like Jesus when I get there. No. I want to be like Jesus till I get there. And I get, yeah, here we are.
Yeah, you may be seated, seated, seated in the presence of the Lord, and I'm glad some these guys gave me a few of their minutes. Uh, I, I'm just going to ask, if you believe that he got up, why don't you just give the Lord a crazy praise up in here? Come on and bless the Lord all over this house. Come on and bless the Lord all over this, all over this, this house. Amen, amen, amen. Thank God, thank God, thank God. If I don't know if you came here to seek uh, Jesus as Mary did or to understand that he's nearer uh, than you think or to understand that you are the object in the mirror, the object of his love, the one that he came seeking, uh, simply ask, what are you going to do about it? What are you, what are you going to, to do about it? Uh, Saint, Saint, Saint Luke, if I can find it. And there it is, chapter 24, verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Verse 9, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. What are you going to do about it? Uh, yeah, the, the, the gospel, the gospel is made up of two words, God and spell, and it has been said we are under his spell in the gospel. The gospel really is contained in the descension, his coming uh, in an immaculate way by birth. It's, it's his birth, it's his life, it's his death, it's burial, his resurrection, uh, but it's also his ascension with his culminating coronation. All of that is considered the gospel of our living Lord, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you, you've heard all that was shared. I'm to share about the, the ascension of our living Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Historically, the ascension was represented, Luke says, and makes it plain that after it was 40 days after the resurrection. Uh, he had stayed. He had stayed 40 days. Somebody say, why did he hang around 40 days after he had been resurrected? Well, uh, actually, the disciples, all of the faithful followers, and I got to hurry, y'all. All I'm just going to leave my script there. All of the faithful followers, uh, they, they, they needed to know that actually he was alive. But not only that, but you recall at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus uh, had, had been tempted by the devil in the Mount of Temptation for 40 days and for 40 nights. 
And so the 40 days at the end of his ministry correspond to the 40 days at the beginning of his ministry, if you will. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus had to hang around 40 days. The devil messed with him for 40 days in the beginning. He had to hang around 40 days just so that the devil would know he was totally defeated. And all of those around would know that he had been put in his place for all of time and eternity. Not only that, but they had to hang around. He had to hang around 40 days so they would be secure in his lordship. And after, historically, historically, the Bible says that they saw him. They literally saw him uh, when it was time for his ascension. Uh, see, the spiritual part is born in the historical part. Spiritually, we need to understand that Jesus did ascend on that cloud after those 40 days and went back to a home in glory from which he had departed, uh, but he left. There had to be a de de delineating line uh, between the Jesus of earth and the Christ of heaven. Uh, there had to be a point blank time uh, when they would know that he was going back just like he said he would from whence he had come. And so this day of ascension is a day we don't really celebrate. We celebrate his birth in Christmas. We celebrate Easter and his resurrection. But we ought to celebrate his ascension uh, because the bottom line is had he not gone back to glory as he said he would, we wouldn't have this convicting Holy Spirit in our lives that causes us to turn to a true and a living God and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes to your will and yes to your way. Uh, I just want to ask, what are you going to do about it? Uh, see, he had to go back because in his earthly ministry, he was a mere man going here and there and everywhere uh, that his feet could take him. Uh, but the spiritual part of the ascension is that once he gets back to glory, uh, we, we now have this omnipresent Jesus, this Jesus who is able to be with us wherever we are, wherever we go, and whenever we are there, he's no longer limited by time and space. He can be everywhere all at the same time. Why don't you give God some praise up in here? Uh, it was historical. It was also spiritual, y'all, uh, but it was also practical. Uh, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible says that as he was lifted up on that cloud, he had rocket boosters, y'all, as he was lifted up on that cloud and departed out of their side, they were gazing, they were looking up in the heaven, and, and suddenly two men appeared in white apparel. I'm talking about angels, y'all. Somebody said something about angels a little earlier. I'm talking about angels. They appeared and said, why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus, not another Jesus, this same Jesus, not a fictitious Jesus, but this same Jesus, not a make-believe Jesus, but this same Jesus, just like you saw him go, he's coming back again. You ought to ask somebody, what are you going to do about it? Uh, see, the ascension was tied up. It's tied up in the commission before he ascended on that cloud. He gave them a commission. Uh, Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send you something. I've got to send you the gift of the Holy Spirit when I get back home because it has to have heaven's stamp upon it. Uh, and he said, Terry, wait around in Jerusalem until you get this gift of the Holy Spirit. What, what, what are you going to do about it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He 
got back home and he said, and he would send the Holy Spirit. They saw him going, but the angel said, the same Jesus, he's coming back. Just like you saw him go, what are you going to do about it? Somebody need to understand, just like he left, he's coming back again. He's coming back at a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's coming back, y'all. He left by himself on a cloud, but when he comes back, he's coming back with a whole host. Millions of those who've already said, yes, Lord. The millions of those who make up his royal diadem. He is coming back. What are you going to to do about it he left them with the commission he said he said after 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 you wait in jerusalem for a minute you shall receive power when the holy ghost has come upon you you shall receive dunamis you shall receive a divine ability to accomplish this witness that i've placed in your life he, he said, let it begin at Jerusalem where you live. Let it, let it go to Judea, your city. Let it go to Samaria, your country. Let it go to the uttermost parts of the world. And if I could have, if y'all going to give me another couple of minutes, y'all give the Lord a hand of praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, look, look. I just want to ask you, I just want to ask you, what are you going to do about it? He left them with a commission. And I like to go to Matthew. Matthew says, go ye therefore. That means going therefore. Everywhere life takes you, uh, you've got to make plain the way of salvation. You've got to teach. You've got to make folk understand that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall, not might, not maybe, but thou shall uh, be saved. He said, make plain the way of salvation and then baptize those. That's by immersion. That's uh, baptism is, is the believer's oath of allegiance, y'all. We pledge allegiance to the mission and the message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in baptism. And he said, also teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. In other words, uh, you, you got to know some things. Teach them. You got to know how to walk right, how to talk right, how to live right, how to love right, how to work right, how to play right. And he said, Lord, I am with you always. Uh, now we want him to be with us, but what are we going to do about it? He said, I'm going to be with you because this power that I give is power to be a witness. He said, I'll be with you if you're going to teach. You're going to make plain the way of salvation. You're going to baptize those who are saved, and you're going to teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, bless the Lord in this house. I just want to leave you with this. Let me tell you, when he was there, when he was there before he ascended and he gave them that particular commission, the Bible says the disciples gathered at a mountain in Galilee in which he had previously appointed uh, them to be there. But it also says they worshipped him. When they worshipped him, some doubted. And I want to challenge you, if you're a doubter in the house, if you're a doubter in the house, uh, let those who are worshipping, uh, let those who are worshipping surround you 
you and lift you out of your doubt. Hello, y'all. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They worshiped him. What did they do? They ascribed worth and value unto him. How much value do you place on him? That's what happens in worship. In worship, our value comes through that we place upon him. But it says some doubted. Diazzo, they stood in two ways. They were of two or three different minds, y'all. Somebody's here with the mind that's saying one thing and a mind that's saying another. But I want to tell you, he did get up. And he did ascend unto glory. They worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus did three things, and I'm going to leave you alone. One, he assured them of his power. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He assured them of his power. He assigned them a task. He said, go ye therefore. And then thirdly, he appropriated them a presence. He said, lo, I'll be with you. What, what is this message? What is this message that we ought to share? Why are we here? What are you going to do about it? Uh, somebody said it's Easter Sunday morning. Somebody else said it's Resurrection Sunday morning. Whatever, whatever you call it, we come to understand that he did get up. Is there anybody here know that he's still alive? He's not dead. He did get up, and he's got all power in his hand. Power to fix whatever ails you. Power to touch you in a supernatural way. Power to heal. Power to deliver. Power to lift. Anybody here know he's got power? Come on, give him a hand of praise. He's got power. Question is, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you gonna do about it? We know he got up, we know he's gone, we know he's coming back again. Say, see, I don't know about you, but I read in the Bible one day the trump of God is gonna sound. Uh, one day the angel is gonna put one foot on land and another foot out on the sea and cry out, Time has been, won't be no more. Uh, he's coming back, y'all. Out on the landmark of salvation, the sinner's marketplace, he did die. He did ascend unto glory. He was coronated king of kings, but is he king of kings and lord of lords in your life? We've heard a whole lot. You heard something on Friday. You heard it again today. But what are you going to do about it? That, that's really what it's about. What are you going to do about it? Two things. You can make a choice. For Jesus, if you've never had a waking, conscientious moment when you said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I believe you died for my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead. Come into my life, into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me whole, and take me to heaven when I die. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to make him Lord of your life, Savior? of your life. What are you going to do about it? And if you've already done that, are you going to tell others that he lives? Are you going to tell others that, uh, that Jesus is the king, the ruler and the super ruler of your life? Are you going to share the good news that God has brought into your life? What are you going to do about it? We've heard a whole lot, but the question is, what are you going to do about it? And that's where I'm going to park. I'm going to park there because it's decision-making time. It's altar call time. Yes, Mary came seeking him. Yes, he's nearer than you think. He's right here, right now. Yes, he's looking for the reflection, the man in the mirror, you. 
He came just for you. What are you going to do about it? Again, if you've never had a waking conscious moment when you've invited Christ into your life, if you've never said, yes, Lord, I need you for my Savior, if you've not done the things that I outlined a moment ago, today is a good day and now is a good time. It's a great opportunity to invite Christ into your heart, into your life. That's what Easter is all about. The tomb is empty. He kept his word. And because he got up, everything else that he proclaimed, that the word proclaims, is also true. Because he got up. The Bible says, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, then our faith is in vain. But he did get up. He did arise. And he arose in some of our hearts and our lives. But maybe you're here today and you need what Jesus has to offer. Maybe you have him in your life and maybe you just need a word of prayer. Whatever your need is. I'm just going to ask that you would stand all over the building, all over the building, all over the building. Would you stand? Pastors are coming forward and any others who may be able to lead somebody to Christ, you can step out as well. If you know the plan of salvation and willing to share it with somebody, you can step out as well. If you're, if you're here today, and you're willing to be one of those. See, Jesus, what he did out on Calvary, he did it openly. He did it shamelessly. He opened his arms before a cruel and a sin-sick world and said, I am your salvation. I am your deliverer. He did it without shame. And today he's looking for somebody who will move without shame. Somebody who will say, I, I didn't come to this place with Christ in my heart and my life, but I know I need him now, and I'm ready to give my heart unto him. Maybe you're here today, and I'm just going to challenge you to step out from where, right where you are. Somebody's going to greet you. Somebody's going to meet you. Somebody's going to share Christ with you. If, if that's you, while the, while the choir blesses us, if that's you, would you come? Would you come? Or maybe you just want to come and kneel and pray. Maybe you just need to come and bow down before the Lord. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, feel me the more. Touch me the more. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I need you. Would you come as the choir blesses us? It's your opportunity. It's your hour. If you need to know him in a special way, if you need to pour out your heart before him, feel free to come. It's not just another day. It's not just something we do at the end of a worship experience. It's about your relationship. I heard it said earlier, and it's, and it's so true. It's about your relationship. It's not about religion. It's not just about church it's about Christ and your relationship if you're here if you're here please ma'am please sir step out our heart goes out to you 